0: This week's comment, Global Trump, by Steve Cole from The New Yorker magazine, April 11th, 2016. In 1967, British Prime Minister Harold Wilson gave up on the remnants of Pax Britannica. His labor government pulled British forces from Malaysia, Singapore, Yemen, Dubai, Qatar, Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, and other Persian Gulf Emirates. Dennis Healy, the defense secretary, explained, I don't very much like the idea of being a sort of white slaver for the Arab sheikhs. He did not wish for the indebted nation and its armed forces to become mercenaries for people who would like to have a few British troops around. That truculent retreat handed responsibility for security in the Gulf and the Strait of Malacca to the United States, Half a century later, American warships still call at Dubai, Bahrain, and Singapore. U.S. fighter jets fly from a massive base in Qatar. The inheritance has brought expense and diplomatic complications. Yet over the decades, Republican and Democratic presidential candidates have rarely questioned the value of our global defense commitments, whether in the Middle East or in the form of nuclear and defense guarantees to our European and Asian allies. For much of Donald Trump's astonishing rise toward the Republican presidential nomination, his main contributions to the foreign policy debate have been to debase it by insulting Mexico's 120 million citizens and the 1.5 billion adherents of the Islamic faith worldwide. Lately, after 18 primary victories, he has offered more extensive insights into how he would proceed as commander in chief. Buckle up, he might have warned. We're a country that doesn't have money, he told the Times during several long interviews. At some point, we cannot be the policemen of the world. He threatened to withdraw troops from Japan and South Korea if they didn't pay more for the protection. He suggested that both nations might be better off with their own nuclear weapons, even though proliferation, he noted, is the biggest problem, to me, in the world. Then again, he told MSNBC that he wouldn't take nuclear weapons off the table for use anywhere, even in Europe. Trumpism is a posture, not a coherent platform. He also said that NATO is obsolete. Trump hasn't indicated that he would definitely pull out of treaty commitments to Europe and Asia. He seems to think that his threats and his pleas of poverty will soften up allies so that, once in the White House, he can close some of those great deals he often talks about. For many, many years, he told the Times, the U.S. has been the big stupid bully and we were systematically ripped off by everybody, providing military security without adequate compensation. But it's hard to support a case that the U.S. is spending too much to defend the global order that it built after the Second World War. The U.S., Canada, the European Union, Japan, South Korea, and Australia, the rich inner circle of what used to be called the free world— today constitute almost 60% of the world's economy. According to the World Bank, in 2014, the U.S. spent about 3.5% of its GDP on the military. That's down from more than 5% during the late Cold War. As an investment in shared prosperity, or if you prefer, global hegemony, the running cost of American military power may be one of history's better bargains. The U.S. does spend more on defense than its European or Asian partners. France and Britain spend only about two percent of GDP, Germany and Japan about one percent. Free riders aggravate me, President Obama recently told The Atlantic, unhelpfully giving credence to Trump's position. It would be better if those allies spent a little more— But it's not obvious that America's forthcoming global challenges, such as managing China's rise and Russia's revanchism, would be advanced by more German and Japanese militarism. Because the U.S. military is so much larger and more effective than any other, and because militaries are so hierarchical, it is more efficient to defend the core alliances disproportionately from Washington." In any event, defense treaties among democratic societies are really compacts among peoples through their elected governments to sacrifice and even die for one another if circumstances require it. Demeaning those commitments as if they were transactional protection rackets is corrosive and self-defeating. The security of the European and East Asian democracies has been vital to American prosperity and stability for seven decades, and it may remain so for seven more. The Middle East is another story, besides Israel, Tunisia, and an increasing